Hey, podcast listener, you're about to discover insider tips, tricks, and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the email marketing podcast or the autoresponder guy, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. It's John McIntyre here, the autoresponder guy. I'm here with Louis Lavella. Now, uh, Louis is an interesting guy because he he's not really in the business. Well, he is in the business world, but he's not in like the, the typical world for um, you know some of the guests I've had on this podcast. He's actually in the music world, but he's applying a lot of the concepts that, that we talk about here. You know, copywriting and, and funnels and all of that stuff to marketing uh, music, to getting you know uh, to helping festivals and, and bands and artists get. Uh, playing at nightclubs and all this sort of thing. And so I thought it would just be really interesting to hop on and, and have a chat about this because I think he's going to bring a really interesting perspective on how this stuff works. And what I haven't probably mentioned here, I don't, I don't think, is that I've actually been doing some music. So it, it's, um, it, it's, a, it's a, I guess, a topic close to my heart at this moment that's, um, that's quite interesting to me. So, Louis, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going? Thank you so much for having me on. Thanks to everybody out there in podcast land taking the time to listen. Yeah, no, this is going to be an exciting, exciting one. I've been doing a lot of podcasts, but I was excited about this one. Uh, uh, I mean, first of all, I'm always fascinated about the internet marketing field and all aspects of it, especially because I love learning from those other industries and taking that over to mine. You know, and, and like you mentioned, promoting the uh, festivals and concerts and musicians and labels. But you, as a musician too, you know, I don't know if I've done like i said i've done like 60 some odd podcasts and none of them are music marketing they're all you know business and internet marketing and but it's cool to be able to take my flavor of marketing and bridge that but i don't think i've done one where there was an actual a musician or an actual music marketing one so here we go and that's even double exciting for me so thanks for having me on <laughs> uh, it's, been, it's been funny actually because i've been doing this since um I, you know i grew up playing guitar so it's been a while playing music but started doing um producing music about you know about a year ago now and uh, one thing i've noticed is i've started to explore some of the the different ways i can market the music is there's a lot of really bad internet marketing in the music space yeah i i, I find um there's a lot of outdated stuff i really think that some of the i don't know if it's some of the experts that have come forward that had a course a couple years ago or or articles and then they were stuck in their ways but i noticed it in a lot of industries though so you might be noticing it in music because you're starting to learn and you're starting to dig in but i bet you if you go on certain forums facebook groups in any you know digital marketing you're gonna find people who were experts um perhaps a few years ago or even further that are now trying to answer questions that you may know is completely off now because things move so fast right and i'm not sure if it's because they stopped actually practicing you know what i mean uh maybe they have a label but they've sort of backed off or you know i even have label friends and they are sort of scaled down they stopped signing artists they're just putting out their own music which is totally cool but they've also stopped really aggressively trying to figure out what's happened and as you know and everybody who's you know listening now because we're all in that internet marketing kind of space still 
it changes really quick. Like some things that are six months ago working may not work now. And I feel that that's probably um, a reason why even in music marketing, you're finding outdated stuff or, you know, those those kind of pieces of information that you're thinking this this may not work anymore. I don't understand why he's saying that this is outdated. I think it's because they're in the music business. I'm in the music marketing business and I know I got to use stuff constantly, have to be an early adopter especially because of festivals. I mean, those are like 18 year olds, 17 year olds, 20 year olds, and they're all over the new platforms. I need to understand their user behavior so I can update my information and my articles and my courses. And cause I, I know it has to be done. I cannot put out an, an, an evergreen that lasts three, four years. Even the ads manager on Facebook has changed its look like a million times. Right. So, <laughs> so, so yeah, of course, like for, from a year ago, I looked at one of my other courses. I'm like, ah, can I regurgitate some of that stuff? And I'm like, crap, they changed the look of the ads manager. So going left means going right now. And it's just, I have to redo it. Right. Mm-hmm. So that, that could be a reason why you're finding that, but it happens in many industries. Right, right. Well, we can come back to that, but first, but let's um, or second, I guess we've already gotten a little bit into sort of a bit about you. Can you give the listener just a bit more of a background? Like, who are you? What do you do? What's your story? What is my story? It's a fascinating one. So, you know how everybody has their part-time job when you're in college or university. You know, it's like it could be bartending, grocery store, whatever. You know, I I was always fascinated with the entertainment industry, even as like you know, in my elementary school days, I wanted mom, go, let's get an agent so I can do extra work in film or, you know, stuff like that. Like I always was fascinated with entertainment. So my part-time job, I mean, I did a little bit of grocery, of course, cause my friends owned one uh, or parents owned one, but I started working in the nightclub and bar industry as a sub promoter. So I went and asked some promoters, can I help you bring in people? I'll try and contact, you know, not my friends because they're too young to come in, but people who, you know, are you looking for, give me flyers, give me whatever you need, and then I'll I'll help. But of course, they're always interested in adding traffic without doing the work. So it was, you know, I got in. But I quickly realized, you know what? I can book my own shows. I can book my own DJs, my own bands, and I can be the promoter and do my own venue, um, like, like make the deals and get out of being a sub-promoter. And I did that very quickly. So I was pretty young as a promoter. I remember even s- some places were joking that, you know, the legal age to drink in, in, in Ontario and in Canada is 19. And I was like 18 years old promoting clubs. They're like, you can't even legally be in here. Right. So, but I got the business, I got the user behavior pretty quickly and was able to build that as a relationship style business because that's what entertainment is. Right. And from there, I knew I wanted to stay in entertainment and grow this into a major career, but it wasn't going to be as a nightclub promoter. I was going to leave that, you know, within a couple of years and get into other aspects, you know, radio, television, and now to where I am today as a consultant that works with large festivals and concerts and record labels. You know, I, I have friends that are still the nightclub promoter and they could make good money, but you're stuck to one local area. You're at the mercy of the few clubs that are around you, whether you you know, get, get into bad relationships with, with the club owners or they, they start to die out and it's just a struggle. I knew I didn't want to stay in that position. I didn't want to just be the nightclub promoter, not to, not to talk down the nightclub promoter at all. They, they have a great job, lucrative money. I wanted to do something different. So that's kind of where I started, but I always had that longer term goal. So throughout the whole journey, I had to use personal branding for myself and figure out how do I level up constantly so that I can keep growing client base, authority, you know, so people look at me as the best promoter or marketer in the industry. It's fascinating when, when you're on Facebook and you get tagged in a completely unrelated group, 
when somebody's talking about music marketing or nightlife promotions and I get tagged in it, hey, if you want to go talk to Louie, you know what I mean? That's great. That means I'm doing a pretty good job at you know branding myself as the guy in that space, right? So, but it's, it's, a, it's a journey, right? You have to know the long-term goal and chip away at it. That's awesome. That's really cool. And I think um, oh, one thing that's interesting to me is like, you're not a musician by the sound of you. Do you play anything? Do no. you sing? Do you not, like nothing? Nah, I played piano, like, you know, because mom put me in piano lessons for, but I, no, I'm definitely not. The cool thing is I get the music business really well and I have a, a good ear. You know, I could probably be a great A&R rep, you know, someone who works for a label and finds the right sound and develops the, the artist. I have a great ear for possibly what could be a hit. But as an actual musician, no, I don't play guitar. I can't sing. Not that I, you know, no, not not well enough at all. <laughs> so I'm completely not in that art space. You guys fascinate me with the talent that you have, right? Interesting. Okay. Well, cool. I mean, it's, it's, it's I think it's really cool because, you know, a lot of people talk about, um, going and doing what they love. Music's one of those classic things that people bring up. Like, what did you want to do when you were a kid? Like, you know, I wanted to become a rock star or something like that. But it's, it is cool seeing and, and, you know, like I said, meeting, meeting people who are, there's so many ways to do it. You can go and be an artist or you can go and do what you're doing and sort of do, Mm -hmm. I guess, what I do, but do it just in a different industry like the music space. And it's, uh, there's just so many different journeys or paths you can take, which is cool. Yeah, there is. I mean, and and you just sit, you know, when you're at a live show, concert, and you look back at all the moving parts to that, you know, whether it's the agent, the manager, the guy who, you know, the sound technicians and, you know, the venue owner, there's a lot of moving pieces to that piece of the entertainment industry. And if you can carve out your passion and then, you know, go at it, you can, you can make it. I mean, entertainment, like any business is, is, is got its walls up and it's tough nut to crack, so to speak. But you know, you always hear the same stories of the never give up attitude and to keep moving forward. And that's, that's true. You know, it's, it's built to stop you so that the best of the best come through. But when you have the right formulas, you know, that adds to your hustle and it adds to your little bit of your fire and it, it, you can make it, you know, you can actually get to that, that goal that you want to get to. Right. And I think it, it probably a good corollary to that is that like a lot of people get into whatever it is, it might be the music business. It could be, you know, the digital nomad, your four hour work week thing, like whatever people want in life is like, people often think, well, you know, if I work really hard and, and, um, you know, I want to try this, it doesn't work out immediately for them. A lot of people give up, but you mentioned the formula there. It's, it's a bit like, Cook, like cooking, I've said this about copywriting before. Mm. I think you can say this about anything. Whenever you're trying to like get somewhere, like get you know lose weight or get ripped or build a business or get a girlfriend or, or boyfriend, um, it's really you just got to figure out the recipe. And if you're not getting the result that you want yet, the only problem is you just haven't figured out the precise ingredients yet. If you figure that stuff out, you're going to get the result. And so a lot of people give up thinking that they're just not destined to be this way or that whatever. Like there's some external thing that prevents them from being that, but it's it's usually just us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Is and, and you're right. It's usually the the tweaking of the ingredients to the recipe. Absolutely. Uh, and and it's a matter of learning the recipe or recipes. You know, sometimes there's several ways to get there, or a combination of a few, and just learning and then testing for your own and finding out what works. And then, yeah, it, it almost is funny when you step back. You know, for me, I work with a lot of different clients, and, and you as well. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who are freelancing who are listening that have several clients. And it's really weird that sometimes we overcomplicate the recipe a lot, right? Um, cause we're having all these moving parts, but it's cool when you start seeing successes, you're thinking, man, it's almost like it works over and over and over again because I now learned the recipe. So when I'm like promoting clubs or, you know, I did a lot more nightclub promotion obviously back in the day and have a very few, a uh, handful of, of clubs that I work with now. Uh, most of them are festivals and labels and stuff, but 
you know, you know, they would struggle and want my help. You know, how do we do the promotions? And I would say, look, this is literally the formula I do all the time. And then it just, and it works again. And oh my God, how'd that happen? I'm like, it just, that's just how it works. That's the recipe. Just like, like you said, you're going to bake a pie or, you know, uh, whatever it is, this is the recipe. You have to follow it. You know what I mean? And if you have bad ingredients, so if, if their bartender spitting their cups or your music is no good and you're out of tune type of thing, you know, that's an ingredient problem, but the recipe is still going to work if you fix the ingredients for the product, right? So it's pretty fascinating. And, and, you know, it's funny that you mentioned four hour work week because out of the billion podcasts I've been on is usually asking, well, what's a book you can recommend? And I always mention four hour work week. I really do. I love that book. And, and it's not always about some of the business owners like, oh yeah, you can work four hours. Good luck with that. It's not about an actual four hour work week. It was, and I'm sure you've talked about this. It was the message on figuring out your lifestyle and your perceived wealth and outsourcing things you don't need to do on your own that are redundant tasks that somebody else could do and, you know, and creating the right life design. And that's what I got out of that book and how I'm crafting even my own, you know, life design in the entertainment industry. Mm, yeah, much more about designing your dream life in, in many ways. What's... um. Let's go in a different direction now. What's uh, talk about personal branding? Because I think that there's going to be people listening to this that, like I said, I've sort of redone the uh, the McMethod, the website there, to, to focus a bit more on freelance copywriters and people who want to, uh, you know, maybe they want to, you know, read the Four Hour Work Week, learn how to write, you know, copy, for example, and then go and travel the world. I live in Thailand right now. We're talking about that, but. Part of the, or they might want to do, you know, anything else. They're going to write, you know, there's copywriters who might live in New York and want to get a cool apartment. But the point is, is people listening, they, they, they want to learn how to write copy, or they, they usually can, because you can learn that stuff on your own time. You just sit down, you read some books, you, you, you practice, you can get better. That's pretty straightforward. The hard part that people struggle with, and I think this is probably true of anyone who starts a business, is how do you get clients? How do you actually mm-hmm. like, and this is where the personal brand comes in, because that's what, I think that's the thing that I ended up doing that worked for me best was I, I, I started calling myself the autoresponder guy, which an autoresponder being, you know, a, a sequence of emails that goes out yeah. to buy stuff. And I came up with that name on my own. No one called me that, but then I just started telling everyone that everyone called me that, and then it became a sort of brand or a mythology that then someone would be at a conference and a friend of theirs or a, you know someone they're networking with would say, "I need some email copy," and they're like, "Oh man, you should talk to this email copywriting guy, the autoresponder guy." Even if I wasn't the best copywriter, I was the most relevant because I'd branded, right. sort of positioned myself as that. And so there was, you know, and then it's just once you've got that brand, it seems to be much, very much just you need to get that out in front of as many people as possible, but. It's it's tricky to do. I think that's the hard thing. A lot of people struggle to understand, like, how do I actually go about, like, number one, creating whatever that brand is without being just a me too brand? Because because I've done that. No one, like, it's going to be weird if someone, it's not going to work if someone else just copies my, you know, autoresponder guy thing and tries to do the same thing. So there's that step. And then there's the, well, how do I get it out there? Like, how do I, mm-hmm. you mentioned Huffington Post, uh, but how do I get on podcasts? How do I get guest yeah. books? How do I, how do I go and get on these huge, you know, Huffington Post or entrepreneur.com or that sort of thing? So let's um, tell me about that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's funny because it's me coming from the music industry and, and, and festivals and live music. It's a similar problem. And, you know, I, I had this conversation today with one of my clients. He's a hip hop artist. And we were talking about you need to come up with a personal brand, right? What is your story? Because you have great hip hop music, but there is this guy beside you that also has great hip hop music, right? And, and now you're you're also competing with 
Drake and Chance the Rapper and Kanye West, who are hip hop artists and super famous, right? So you need to come up with a unique story. So for you as a fantastic example, the autoresponder guy, there could be other people that are experts at autoresponding, copy, uh, you know, email funnels, things like that. But you came up with a specific brand and now a story behind that. So, you know, for the most part, I'd like to have clients that, you know, again, talking musicians, but this happens with any, any freelancer is to sit down and be like, who, who's, what is your core? Why? Like, why, why are you doing this? And what exactly is your specific, you know, uh, niche expertise within this whole realm of, of internet marketing, for example, for talking about your listeners, you know, what is it that's your specialty? And, and there's nothing wrong with getting some inspiration from other people. That's okay. Not by, you know, taking their name and stuff like that, but to see, you know what, I really like how whoever, you know, John Loomer in Facebook ads or Chance the Rapper as, as a hip hop artist, I like how he's, you know, that guy's family oriented and, and give back to the community and kind of looking at the styles of posts they make, but then you have to make that your own. You absolutely have to make it your own. So, I mean, the first thing that, that I would do is just figure out your why. So, you know, my why is definitely helping the underdog. I'm always working with the underdog festival, not the massive fest, like they're huge because we made them huge, but not the corporate festival, you know what I mean? Or, or I love working with the indie labels and the starter musicians. You know, yes, I, I love and would love working with the Universals and the Sonys, but that's not where my why is to be in that corporate environment. And so that's kind of where my push comes. And you could tell when, you know, we talked earlier about the, you know, in this podcast, you know, what am I selling type of thing? And I'm like, nothing. I don't have anything to, I got nothing to sell. You know, if you're a musician, I have courses, but that's not even your audience, so to speak. So that's my why. And you can kind of see that. And that's kind of where the brand starts. And then you have to, you know, develop that and dig into that. And, and you might tweak and pivot here and there, but it really comes down to, you have that passion every day. Why exactly are you doing it? Forget that you aren't getting paid. What is the thing that, that is just driving you and have the most fun? And I have the most fun talking to musicians and podcasters, like I said earlier, even off off the, the, the call here, because it's fun. It's a lot of fun. I love doing it. I love brainstorming and talking and like, I'm not getting paid to do this and I'm not going to get clients out of it. Like, I'm sure I won't, but that's okay because we're having fun and it's great. And I give back whatever knowledge I have for my industry perhaps could help somebody. And that's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. That's my why without even getting paid, right? And that's what people have to kind of figure out. And then you can create a brand around that. Now. How do you expose that, right? I talked earlier about, you know, getting on Huffington Post and Forbes and, and I was on Inc. And, you know, I'm a contributor in a whole whack of places now. And it comes with a little bit of hustle. But at the very beginning, you might have some assets that you can use, whether it's your own blog, your own video you put out. Maybe you were on a local blog or a small you know, publication that talks about copywriting or whatever it is. Use that as leverage and start to level up. Right, level up into the next publications. So you want to build an authority piece somewhere. So now, you know, when when I got into Huffington Post and then got featured in Inc. and stuff like that, I can use those articles and advertise to any potential clients, musicians, festival owners. Hey, look, this is when I got featured in Huffington Post, and here's an article I talked about. And now, so it's not just my blog. If you can start with your blog, but start to level up, when you get other people writing about you, or even if you're the contributor of the other magazine, it looks better, right? It just looks better, right? <laughs> so you need to hustle and get into that position, but then you can use that to your advantage. And that starts building your brand a lot further because people can see you as an authority figure. It starts to separate you from perhaps the other copywriter that doesn't have that, right? Or if they do, at least your story might be different than theirs because, again, you go back to your core why. So they read both Huffington Posts and they will lean on one or the other. 
similar to music. If I go back to that as an example, when I figured out the hip hop artist is like Chance the Rapper, fine. This is the kind of post you want to make. But I can build a story around that and start with the local blog, then get up even further. They get up into 247hiphop.com, use that to my advantage and say, hey, thesource.com. This is a huge hip hop magazine. Look, you got featured in these three. Maybe you want to write a story there. Because writers need traffic, right? So they need a good story, not a boring pitch, but a good story. But when they see other people write about it, it starts to convince them. All that helps expose their brand and get more traffic. So similar idea with any freelancer, they want to level up. And don't forget, use the ad system. Like put those featured articles in your own blog and promote to writers and contributors of Billboard or, you know, Inc., entrepreneurs, you know, Entrepreneur Magazine and um, Forbes and Influensive and business.com and all those ones start using the ad system and spend only a few dollars a day because your audience will be tiny, but get those either your blog to start with, but get those other features out in front of them. It's going to be a little two pronged attack, right? Your client base and more contributors. So that's a great way to start and get the brand rolling. And then of course, you know, you can, you can start moving that boulder up the hill from there. Right. I think that's a, I mean, there's a few things there. It would be good to dig into, but I think one thing that, that, would be good for people to understand is this leveling up concept. Like no matter how small you are, like you could have no one, you don't know anyone in, in, in like if you're, let's say you're a copywriter, you're a marketing person trying to get into it. Like you could know absolutely no one. You've never been to a business meetup. You don't know anyone. You could set up a website, like develop, figure out this why, figure out this brand. Um, don't call yourself the autoresponder guy because it won't work. But <laughs> figure out a brand, set up a website, which which you could, I mean, there's so many different ways to do that. You can make a great looking website for, for free in, in a lot of cases. And once you have that, you then just need to find, like you're not going to be able to email entrepreneur.com or Forbes.com and get on there right now, but you're going to be able to find someone somewhere with a small enough blog that, that just needs content. And they're going to either have you on the podcast, which I only really recommend if you're, if you're, if you're good at speaking and, and good at that sort of thing, or if you want to get good, because some people are super awkward. I think it just makes them look worse. <laughs> uh, that's something to keep in mind. It's, it's, I think you're to play to your personality. Uh, but someone out there is going to give you something. And then once you have that one thing, you then take that and, and like Louis saying, you then go to uh, something that's a little bit bigger and say, hey, look, I've already done this. Now let's do this. Um, and you can use this. Like I use this with a podcast. I remember starting off with oh, it was Andre Schapper and a bunch of internet marketing guys. And eventually, like when I sort of move up the food chain and start pitching uh, bigger, I guess names. I'd always mentioned the biggest names I'd had up until that point on the podcast. They would always be, you know, one of the the first lines in the pitch. Oh, by the way, I've had this this person, this person, this person, mm-hmm. and then I'm trying to make this other person, John Carlton or Perry Marshall, go. Oh shit, I better get on this podcast. Like it's it's pretty good, man. I'm, I'm missing yeah. out. And so, and then you can <laughs> keep going. It just never really ends. It absolutely works that way. And and like, so I see user behaviors a lot in the entertainment industry. I can see how people gravitate to celebrityness and, and, and how it works and why people keep in the spotlight and, Ooh, they liked my tweet. Oh my gosh, Getty and all giggling. You know what I mean? I can see that user behavior and that's the same way across so many industries. It's so funny. That's why I love doing these podcasts because it's just trying to, to make it an eye opener for any business, that celebrity factor on whatever level it is people love. So yeah, if you can level up and utilize any of those publications to your advantage or, you know, those kind of concepts, it, uh, it works really well. And it, and it just makes you some sort of authority. You know, that's why, you know, there was the concept of, and it still works 
you write a book. If you write a book, you wrote a book on it. Even if you're self-published, you wrote the book on the topic and people respect that. It's a great business card to have, which is true. It, it works. But now there's a million different ways, whether it's podcasting, being a host on a podcast as great as an expert, write your book, you know, that kind of thing. You just try and continue to outdo your last step, right? Because then, like you said, it's fairly easy to create a WordPress site or Wix or whatever you want to have and have a blog, you know? And now, so what's the next level where the next guy can do that as well? Well, maybe I'll utilize that blog and get on Huffington Post. Cool. Well, now he's on Huffington Post. Well, maybe I'll use that and get on Forbes next. You just level up and then perhaps you, you can get on television. Now, you know, local news, if you're, you know, the news expert, um, you know, or even if you're on once, it's awesome to leverage online. But will you get clients out of that? Perhaps if you have a local business, sure. You know, like an AM station instead of a podcast, perhaps you want to be the, the local expert for copywriting or at a business show. Awesome. Now, it's very local and very restricted audience compared to podcasting, but maybe you'll use that as leverage. Oh, I was on an AM show, right? That may sound good to some people and you use it as leverage. Whatever you, these are all assets. I like to build these as, as uh, marketing assets and keep those with you. If you speak in a room, even if it's small room, get a couple pictures, that's leverage now. Wow. You have, you have, you know, you've had a, a room that you got to speak to. You did a keynote or a workshop that all adds to that authority and that personal brand. Cause when you're trying to get out and get clients, they're looking at all the different assets and what makes you trustworthy slash the expert in the field. Right. And since the internet is the great equalizer and makes the world really small, now people can hire somebody from around the world, right. As opposed to just their local area and who's the best in Toronto, who's the best in Minnesota or, or in, you know, in, in your city in Thailand. And, and now we have a global audience, which is awesome, but also there's a lot of noise. And now how do we cut through that and make ourselves rise to the top? Right, and on that note, I think that as I was like, she's thinking about this with the music the other day, is is that the best opportunities are usually the ones that that the less competition. So the easier, the easiest opportunities are going to be ones that everyone's doing, just because they're easy, mm-hmm. they they don't take much time. You're going to find the the best um, return on probably your investment of time and energy and money if you're spending money on on opportunities that other people. Are, like either aren't doing because it's too hard or just haven't thought of. So in the context of the music, I was started to I started to ask myself like what what do I, this is a bit of a confusing question. What do I not know that I'm not doing that if I did mm. like would be incredible? Or another yeah, way, and then you just sit there and brainstorm with yourself, right? Yeah, and it's it's weird to think about because you like how do you how do you figure out what you don't know that you're not doing, or how do you figure out what yeah. you don't know that you don't know? Like that's what that's sort of the question. It's a bit of a but, but the fact that it's hard, that it's a hard question to figure out, is exactly what what makes the results. If you think of stuff, really, really good. Um, and so, with content uh, in this, you know, going on podcasts or writing guest posts and doing these things, the, initially, like it's hard to get on Eck, it's hard to get on Huffington Post, for example, which is why it works well. It's hard to go and speak in front of three hundred people and have a picture of, of all of that in the photo uh, because not mm-hmm. everyone can do that. What another thing that um, and some of that stuff is going to come later once you've you've built up some momentum and some social proof and all of that. You're not going to be able to come out of the gate and do that. But what you can do out of the gate, uh, and what I've done, is um, you can do these guest posts. And and you can guest post on a lot of different websites. All websites want content. But the trick is is going and looking at the guest posts they usually get and then doing something that's like five or ten times better. It's longer. It's more informative. It's more detailed. This is a way that you can uh, – you can stand out from everyone else because most people won't go to that effort. And as an example of it, I've done this twice recently with uh, Reengager, which is a, an e-commerce email marketing company website that I set up. 
And uh, there's a post on Shopify, which is, I mean, the average blog post there must be a thousand words or something, 1200 words, mm-hmm. which, which is a long, a long-ish blog post. Uh, and I, I was like, well, I'll go write something. I was thinking I'd write two or three. I ended up writing 7,000 words. Mm-hmm. And it's it's very actionable. It's it's not fluffy. And then so I took that and then used that to get a uh, a post on the same topic on uh, Psycho Digital Marketer, which is one of the biggest uh, companies in yep. the, in the digital yeah. marketing space. And that post became fourteen thousand. Well, I think it's probably like sixteen or seventeen thousand words actually because we extended it. And so what ends up happening is then. Uh, now, like these these posts, which are sort of almost like mini books or courses, have become, uh, you know, uh, basically a go-to resource for people with e-commerce sites who want to learn about email marketing. They get shared around. They're uh, very high in Google. If you go and look up e-commerce email marketing, I think the digital marketing one might even be number one. And so, and this is something that, like I like I did it. I've been doing this for a while, so I'm not new. But this is something you could do at the very, very, very beginning of the game uh, to stand out and separate yourself. Yeah, and, and and like I mentioned earlier, even with my career, you got to look at the long the long game, really. You know, um, so like you just mentioned, you've been doing it for a little bit, so you've got some fantastic, you know, uh, posts now on high end sites and, and lots of traffic, organic traffic. Um, so somebody starting out who's thinking, man, I'm not going to get on Inc. Well, first bad mindset, you can get on Inc. <laughs> you know, eventually, but don't don't think of the immediate. I'm going to send an email today. I'll get on Inc. tomorrow. Let's level up and let's let's work on it. And all of a sudden, you look back in the past six months or a year and go, wow. All the stuff I've done, right? But you got to keep chipping away and not just stopping. It has to be consistent. Otherwise, you just you stop an eighth of the way up the ladder, and and you you move on to a next the next thing, and you're never going to climb that ladder ever. So yeah, it's absolutely smart to consider the long game and celebrate the small wins. Otherwise, you're never going to be happy until you get to the end, right? Celebrate the small wins. There's a little blog post you were on, and you know they're not little. They're you know the smaller podcasts. Like just you do them all, and just keep chipping away at it. All of a sudden, things start to grow. And like you mentioned, if you have a, a niche market, then you become the guy, you know, or one of the guys that people will start to tag you in posts and, and right. And uh, and you'll start to get that organic push and that authority push as opposed to just advertising. You want to have a blend of them all, but you have to consider the, the realistic goals that you want to hit and you'll hit those. Right, and probably it's probably worth mentioning too that that like you can't just go and you know listen to this podcast and go and like you know go and write some posts because this all needs mm. this all comes back to like why are you doing this and you know, what's that story? But also you know based on all of that, like what are you trying to achieve here? Like with the e-commerce stuff, I wanted to get people coming in paying a recurring fee for for e-commerce email marketing services. So I like well go write a post on Shopify. They got plenty of. Um, you know, plenty of e-commerce owners there. Yeah. And Digital market has a few as well. And then, so at the end of the, so it was all on content. Here's how to do this. Very actionable. At the end, I was like, "We'll give them templates because there's going to be people who read all this and go." I don't want to do all this. This is going to take too much time. Can you just give me some templates? So I said, well, if you want to download some templates, go here and gave them a landing page. They sign up for the landing page. The next page says, here's your templates. By the way, if you don't want to screw around with these templates, we can just do it all for you. Request a free yeah. consultation here or use this ROI calculator to sort of check um, you know, how much of an opportunity there is. And so this is you need to do this when you're doing these posts or when you're doing these um, these ways of sort of promoting yourself there needs to be some kind of funnel that points back somewhere it's not a matter of just writing a cool fancy post on five ways to do X it needs to then flow into it the next natural step and then the next natural step with the goal being that they either buy something they you know buy your service or buy your product yeah, and, and that's a mistake that not not just uh, as you're kind of bringing out uh, many business owners or our freelancers make, but you know even in my industry, you know musicians and you know event promoters and owners notoriously just drop posts. 
anywhere you know they might be semi-related but there's no strategy behind them like even an event promoter you know you're going to drop a post for your friday night but what is that post doing is it just awareness again you know like when you post photos of all the guys and girls that were there that week and that's awareness like perhaps you need to strategize do they go for a guest list do you want them to send a message for a reason so that you can retarget them um there's got to be strategy behind it all and and some sort of funnel so you get continuing traffic, continuing engagement, and and people will love your brand so that it becomes easier to maintain the ads and maintain the push, right? So you're absolutely right. I mean, a, a lot of people have their social media or their blog posts disjointed, or there's no real rhyme or reason other than, well, I think it'll get me traffic. They'll come to my website and they'll look around and perhaps I'll get them as a client. But you need to send them through the rabbit hole or through the funnel. You have to hold their hand and bring them through somehow. So you have to strategize everything. and But then it starts to work really well. Exactly. Exactly. So I reckon it sort of comes back to this big picture idea that you can't just take a piece of this, like write a post or, 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 or you know, go on a podcast. You need to sort of step back and figure out this big picture and then, you know, you put the pieces together. And I think that, that then brings up this, uh, I think what, uh, you know, the last year I found this to be like the most important thing. The thing that, that like powers everything else is, uh, is this question, which you mentioned before, which is you've got to figure out why you're doing it. And I used to think like a few years ago, I thought that was really simple. And the, th- cause the reason this has been such a big thing for me in the last year is because I, in April, I ended up moving back to Thailand to, uh, to do some music and, uh, to spend most of my time, uh, working on music, which has been fascinating, but, but, I remember being in Berlin. I don't think I've fully told this story before on the podcast, but I was in Berlin at the time back in, I think, April, March, April. I was working really, really hard to build a business because I thought I'm going to make all this money and then I'm going to go, you know, do a startup maybe in, in Silicon Valley or but at that stage, because that was one thought in my head. Um, because I've been to an event with, with some amazing people, which had inspired me to do some of that stuff. But then in uh, December, I think, so about a year ago now, I, I stumbled on onto this music thing. And uh, we can get into it if you want, but. That yeah. then led into by April. I'm like, man, I actually just want to do music. Like it all, I don't know where it came from, but I, you know, I'd been meditating and doing different exercises to try and figure this out. And it's like some part of my subconscious was like, yeah, like just that feeling that you get when you're dancing and making music. Like that is just like it's goosebumps. And um, and so I, I'm thinking, well, do I need to go and build this business and 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 just work all the time, or is there a way that I can then come and do the music? And so that was this, I guess, a really deep. Uh, process of figuring out like what do I want to do and why do I want to do it like am I just building this business to make money and then get somewhere else um, that I'm not even sure if I want to be at or is there a um, you know is and maybe this is part of it because I've been doing this for five years and you do something for a few years and you're all excited eventually you sort of maybe you meet that goal I wanted to travel and I've done all of that and then you've got to figure out what's next and maybe this mm-hmm. is me figuring, figuring out sort of what's next or what's going to motivate me but I remember there was this specific moment where I said to someone, I'm like, I've got to make all this money and then at the end of the year, I'll go make music. And he's like, dude, like, if you want to make the music, why not just make the music now? Like, why do you need yep. the money? And that was, when I started asking that, it's like, I, I, I didn't have a good answer. Like, I thought I needed yeah. it. But it was kind of like when I actually looked at, at the numbers and, and, and thought about it, it's like, well, I don't, like, I know that there's no obvious reason why I have to have all this extra money right now. If I want to do the music, I can just go and do it. And so it's this, it's, it's amazing when you dig into the why, but the, the reason I sort of tell a bit of that story is because it's, it's not something I think I found, it's not something you want to rush. And, uh, it's, it's important to get deep into it, to ask like, why are you doing whatever you, why are you working at that job? Why are you dating that person? Why are you going to the gym? Asking why about everything to get at the heart of it. 
Yeah, and it seems like uh, maybe it's just how the systems are set up, you know, whether it's schooling and, you know, parenting and just it's a similar system. But I think people get stuck in this is the routine and this is what's acceptable and what everybody else does. Right. As opposed to like you're you're discovering, well, I don't have to be like that. Why do I have to do this first and then that? You know, I can enjoy the journey and this is good enough here and still very enjoyable, actually more enjoyable, maybe going this route. And you're starting to figure that out. You know, and I I hear from a lot of uh, especially like clubs owners or the the older the label you know the millennials and they're entitled and they're lazy or they don't want to follow the same things they'll quit their job and, and i'm like you don't understand uh, so, so i ride the line on millennial slash generation what is it x what's the next one why what am i why <laughs> well, x is generation, generation. I'm 39 39 now so i'm just I'm, I'm millennials below me but riding that line right maybe x and y you're, you're the x y yeah i x think i'm the y, y but anyways yeah, you're 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 a bit younger and and um, and I'm like, but I can understand because I, I I can see the user behavior when I'm marketing to millennials and younger, even Generation Z. But I'm like, you don't understand to baby boomers, perhaps. You know, you guys went through this system and you suffered through perhaps jobs you didn't even want for the family because then I'll retire, and now you're complaining that retirement isn't great. You either your back hurts, you lost your money in the five crashes that have happened and another one might happen again. And everyone else is looking at saying, well, screw that. Why did I, am I going to do 40 years of that? Not happy making somebody else. You know what I mean? Um, e- even if you're not an entrepreneur, but you're working somewhere and that's, that's where I'm getting the, you know, even if I'm working at a coffee place or another job, if I'm not enjoying this, I'm out, <laughs> right? Because I got sold a bill of goods. You know, if you go to school, you'll get the job. Or if you do this, you'll get that. And and it's just, if it's not working, it's very quick to change. You know what I mean? And it's a very different mentality. And I don't think that the older generations can see that. So me kind of riding the line and and seeing a lot of Generation Z, because I, I, I market to them and study them a lot, I can understand why. So you're right when you tell that story on just do what makes you happy. You'll figure it out. And especially if you're an entrepreneur, then you can create money out of thin air. That's what we do. Right. It's, it's, I mean, it's interesting because you've got – I feel like you've got the crowd that says you've got to follow your passion. And then you've got the crowd that says, well, no, like like don't follow your passion. Go and just you know pick something and get really good at it. There's a book called So Good They Can't Ignore You from Cal Newport, which is a good book. But I feel like – the, the conversation gets confusing because I've noticed that as you dig into it, when people people say mean different things when they say passion because passion can be you know I've got to be really excited all the time and that sort of thing. And when I think about the music, yeah, yes, I love it, but there's plenty of stuff I do that isn't. I wouldn't say it's like super exciting. If I'm studying music theory, I understand it's important to the goal. It makes me a better musician, and it's fun and it's it's enjoyable to get better in that sense. But but I'm not sitting there going, man, this is so amazing. I can't wait to <laughs> dig into the, the mathematics. Of me. It's not like that, and <laughs> right. so I, I, I would say that I'm passionate about the music. But then other people would be like, "Well, like that's not how they would define passion." So there's this. I think, like you said, it's important, and this is what I because I, I used to think, "Well, no, don't follow your passion," because because yeah, it's sort of flimsy, and, and who knows what it even is, and doesn't really lead anywhere. You don't make any money. But I think to be really effective at anything in life, you have to have some kind of deep. And maybe deep's the word there, like some kind of deep passion or deep draw or joy that 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 attracts you to doing that thing. If you're doing something that's not important to you, that again, you don't have any reason why you want to do it, you're just not going to follow through. You're not going to be effective at it. Um, yeah, you're going to give up, right? And, and, and it's cool because 
I, I'm an entrepreneur, so I follow the same paths that entrepreneurs follow. And it's cool when I'm trying to grow my own brand and speaking and stuff. I also understand the music side of it because I work in it, but I, I get how you have to be passionate. Otherwise you're going to give up fast because the gigs aren't there yet. You know, you can have 10,000 Spotify, you know, listens and get $8 in revenue or whatever it is. Right. And, and so you need to have a different drive other than just money and entrepreneurs and business owners are in that same boat where, especially when you're starting and trying to figure things out, you're doing things that you love and you, you think it's going to make great money, but it takes some time, some time. And if you're not passionate about that, then it's very quick to get discouraged. Right. So there's a, there's a cool bridge between entertainment and the regular entrepreneur, entrepreneurship and business owners. So, but you're right. If, if you don't, if you don't get that why down or that, and yeah, if you're a musician and music theory is kind of boring, but still you're going to have a certain passion and excitement to keep you going when you have the crap happen to you when you have no money because of the passion, but it keeps you going. It's still in there. I think that that's the one that people still need to figure out just so that when the money does come in, might as well be there and not the other side, right? And something you don't like, if you can do it, then absolutely try. Right, right. And it's, I mean, like it's interesting with business, like right now in entrepreneurship, because it's so cool. It's it's cool to be an entrepreneur at the moment mm-hmm. with Silicon Valley, you know, and, and the startup world and all the billionaires that are coming out of there. Like it's everyone's putting a personal brand and everyone has a travel. I mean, a lot of people have travel blogs and it's it's cool. But like I think this has only been a recent thing, and so it's interesting. Like I've seen people because I've been doing this since 2011, so five years now, and uh, I've seen people, plenty of people come and go. Like they come out here uh, to Thailand or Berlin, or or they come out somewhere. They've got six months to figure it out and to build a business, and then they go home and they go back to their job. Mm-hmm. And they go back to something, and sometimes it's because they failed or because they gave up, and other times it's because I've I've I have met people. I can't remember anyone specifically right now, but I know I've met people who've who've gone. Look, I tried it. Like it was good and it was like I, I see why people like it, but it's not for me. Like I, I don't want to mm-hmm. be an entrepreneur. I don't want the stress of, uh, you know, of running a business of, of those sorts of things. And sometimes that's because they're, you know, maybe they're not strong enough or whatever. Sometimes I think that's just not how they want to live and that's totally cool. And so what yeah. I think people need to keep in mind as they're, you know, trying to become a copywriter or build their business, these sorts of things is like it's there's not some like God-given, you know, rule or there's not some – thing where you have to be an entrepreneur and it's the cool thing like or the fact that people think it's cool like that's 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 an illusion it's it's what you want to do which might be business and might be the good things and the bad things because there are bad things that come with it or am I not? Maybe you'd prefer to go and do music. Like, you know, right now I'm, I'm sort of doing both business and music. Um, maybe eventually I'll just do music, but, but other people might go, well, what I really want to do is, uh, I want to write books, fiction books for kids. It's like, go and mm-hmm. do that. Don't, don't go and do the business unless there's a why in there. Um, so I, yeah, I just think that's a, it's something that I've thought about a lot of the last years is because too many people I seem to think we, we do things because we think we should do them. Yeah. And, 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 you know, there's a lot of people who let's like, for the example of copywriting that, doesn't want to. It's not that they can't do it or they don't have the the guts to do it or anything. Like that. Maybe they just don't want to have, like you mentioned, the stress as an entrepreneur. But they're great copywriters. But they, you know, go get a an, a great job, you know, at a publishing house or or at a company that hires them, and there's no stress on the paycheck. But they still do what they love, and there's nothing wrong with that if that's the passion and that's that's great. You know, if you have a different life design where you want to travel all the time. Perhaps you can find a job that does that. Maybe you can't. So you have to do the other side of the struggle and create the life design being an entrepreneur. But there's no, yeah, there's no like, well, then you have failed. You know, if you didn't, you know, same way we talked about earlier in in the music business and entertainment, there's a lot of moving parts to that. Perhaps you want to be in the music 
music industry and and uh, so let's say for me, I like being an entrepreneur, but you know, I know the business side. I could probably get a job at a record label as an A and R rep or their marketing director and work in that build, you know, Universal Music building probably with no problem, and that's cool, and I'll be very happy because I'm doing still what I love, and I don't have to worry about the entrepreneurship. That's Universal's, you know what I mean, paycheck that comes down, but. That's not what I want to do. I want to be able to work from home, travel, take the wife and kids everywhere and and create, you know, hire and fire clients as I see it. That's what I like to do. But there's nothing wrong with going the other route. And maybe not everybody's cut out to be an entrepreneur. Right. Maybe you can't teach that. Maybe it has to be in you that, you know, it's just a brain setting. And it's I don't know. Maybe there's just no way to actually you could teach business. You could teach some entrepreneur knowledge perhaps, but maybe when it really comes down to the house is on fire, so to speak, you're cool with that. You know what I mean? It's okay because you're, you could figure it out and that's what you thrive in. And maybe that's just it. I, I don't know. There definitely seems to be, we'll wrap it up in a second, but there definitely seems to be this, um, like, yeah, you can learn all the skills. You can learn how to write copy and build a website and network and like all those things are just, you know, learnable skills, but, but it's almost like you've got to be able to Maybe one of the fundamental things is, yeah, like there's going to be months when, especially when you, you're getting started, like you can't pay, you, you can't pay yourself or you don't make it, maybe you lose money or you can have months mm-hmm. when like you got one month left in the bank and you're like, shit, like I, I don't know how I'm going to do And not this. only that, not only is the revenue not coming in, but you have to put out revenue to exactly. keep because then if you stop at you say, oh, well, there's no revenue. I won't advertise this month. That's even worse because now you, you have guaranteed probably no clients next month. So now you're not just because you're losing money with your rent and food and stuff. But now you're like, but I have to inject perhaps $2,000 in ads to get these clients coming in. Now you're like jumping off the cliff without a parachute, <laughs> you know? God. But yeah, I mean, so, there's, there's a lot. Right. And so it's hard. Like, so some people are going to be able to handle that. And a lot of people aren't. And it's not that like it's a good thing if you can and it's a bad thing if you can't. I think having oh, that no. value judgment like it's not, it's not helpful. It's just that some people are good at it. And the people who – like I'm, I don't really think I'm very fit out to be like to be an employee because I've tried that. And I you know I don't last very long before I get really sort of lazy and demotivated and just not really enjoying it and, and, and that sort of thing. And that's not something that I choose to make happen. It just happens. And so I could fight against that and try and – but it, it wouldn't make me happy and it certainly wouldn't make the employer happy. So the best thing that I found for me is to do what I'm doing, to, to follow these natural urges. And, and so I think that it's a bit like that. You've got to figure out like where do you fit? Where where makes the most sense yeah. for you based on what you want to do and your personality, how your brain works on your ability to handle pressure and all of that. And none of it's good or bad. There's just all the stuff that's not good for you and all the stuff that is. And go and do this. Yeah, and some people do both depending on their where they are in their life. Some people work in a, in a great executive position or a job for many years and decide – Boy, I have lots of experience. I can go out and consult now and I have maybe some money or or it's easy for me to jump into consulting now with my own business because I have the experience and I have the confidence. And some people go the other way. They they do entrepreneurship and it's great run and then they just maybe get – they just get – you know what? I don't chase for clients and it's cool. I'm done staying at home. I want to go into the work environment and have coffee and joke around. And, and I now have all the experience too. So I can get hired. Just like I just said, you know, I can get hired by probably record label very quickly. Um, and it just depends what you want. And it's like you said, not good or bad. Like, it's not like, well, you're not an entrepreneur. You suck or ha ha, you work in a cubicle or ha ha, you can't pay your bills and I get a paycheck. It's none of those. It's really a matter of what you want. And that 
really is that millennial mentality, which I would say, I don't know if there's baby boomers listening, but I think that's the disconnect where boomers and maybe uh, the, the older generation Y is kind of pointing down at, Hey, that's not, that's not right. That's not fair. Um, it's just a different mentality and they don't understand each other's brains. And I think that's kind of where that comes from. But I think just deciding whatever point in your life, what's best and, and, and what makes you happy is really important. I love it. Let's wrap it up here. I think it's a good note cool. to end on. Before we go, though, what uh, if people want to learn more about you or hit you up, send you an email, tweet you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, absolutely. My Obviously, on my website, I list all the podcasts I'm on. Of course, in my, my own blog is there. Uh, that's louislavella.com, which is L-O-U-I-E-L-A-V-E-L-L-A. And I'm absolutely all over social media, of course. And that's all the usernames is Louis Lavella. So uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, YouTube, all those fun ones. Mostly Facebook and Instagram uh, and Twitter. But <laughs> those three are the main ones I'm on all day long, every five seconds. So And it's all at Louis Lavella, of course. And yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate everybody listening. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show, man. I'll have links to all of that in the show notes at themcmethod.com. Louis, it's been good, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you want to discover more insider tips, tricks, and secrets about driving sales with email marketing, sign up for daily email tips from the autoresponder guy. Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast, sign up, confirm your email address, and I'll send you daily emails on how to improve your email marketing and make more sales via email. You'll find out why open rates don't matter and the seven-letter word that underlies all effective marketing and much more. Oh,